they're rising, they're rising, they keep rising, the cold. There's nothing we can do to stop them. There's regions that are prepping of it. Shut it down, shut it all down. What do you mean the whole thing? Shut the whole economy down. There's going to be riots in the street. I don't want to panic. This country. Everybody's going to die. Everybody. You don't have snack spaghetti sauce at a store. Initiate Operation Warp Speed. Commence the political dampener. Damn it, Jim, I'm a comedian, not a political science major. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Hey guys, here we are back at it. The shit is still fucked and we are back at it for another episode of In Chaos We Trust. We were off for, uh, what, two weeks? I think just the one. Just one week? Uh, But yeah, happy Monday. It's July 12th. We're here to reign in the chaos. And uh, yeah, before we do though, I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you to get on down to Riverside Wine and Spirits right on Manufacturers Road. And Merchants on Main, I've got some photography in there and then there's Tons of great shit from other local Chattanooga artists in there as well. And then brewchat.com. We've got a new store at brewchat.com slash store. Go there and uh, got some cool shirts and hats and a fanny pack and can't remember what else. But yeah, go check it out. That's brewchat.com slash store. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll just get right on into it here. Got a good episode because we've been off for a week. But yeah, evidently the Republicans are uh, scared because Captain America's woke. They're scared that they're coming for the apple pie and uh, especially old Tom Cotton. And I'll be sure to tell Tom Cotton that uh, I always come after apple pie. So uh, yeah, he's pretty pissed that in, I guess in the new Captain America uh, comic book, I'm not even quite sure what happened, but I've got a video of it here, but Senator Tom Cotton is uh mad that Captain America is getting woke. Hang on, I'll mute this and we'll uh play. But he's mad that they're getting woke. Or Captain America's getting woke. So I'll just play this here. America on how America is built on lies. You got to hear this. Here's the quote. Here's the thing about a dream, though. A dream isn't real. I'm starting to think America actually has two dreams and one lie. The first American dream is the one that isn't real. Is some people expect just to be handed to them, and then they get angry when it disappears. When the truth is, it never really existed in the first place. It doesn't get along nicely with reality. Other culture immigrants. The poor were at our best when we keep no one out. A good dream is shared, shared radically, shared with everyone. When something isn't shared, I can become the American lie. I think this is such terrible rhetoric. I mean, it is true that we didn't live up to our documents, but the documents weren't flawed. It was the human beings, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Lawrence, it sounds like Captain America may need a demotion to lieutenant uh, after that speech. (laughs) This is what happens when you... When you allow when you allow left wing activists to write your comic books and it reflects a kind of march through our cultural institutions, comic books, schools and indoctrinating our kids to believe that kind of nonsense. Over the weekend, you saw The New York Times running a long story about how the flag, for goodness sake, is now a divisive symbol for many Americans. Look, we I mean, should be proud of our heritage. Yeah, I'll just stop this fucking moron right here. Um, <laughs> Tom. Cotton. Yeah. So. Two things about this I wanted to bring up. Well, maybe three, like two and a half. First of all, uh, it's like this is on Fox and this is what they're talking about when we've got infrastructure collapse and people literally dying from building collapses. Uh, 
tons of people have been thrown off their minimum or not minimum wage, but their unemployment benefits, I think last week or maybe the week before. And so, yeah, why aren't we uh, talking about shit that actually matters? Like Biden, Biden just bombed Syria. That gives them plenty of fodder right there. One big thing to me is this is what they're fucking talking about when there's real fucking issues going on in the world. And they're choosing to talk about comic books and how it's, it's putting leftist rhetoric and whatever. Second point, what you said before we started recording, Andrew, is uh, Captain America's always, I wouldn't even call him left. He's just right. Like he doesn't like fucking bullies. It's one of the reasons he's one of my favorite characters is because like he just doesn't like bullies. He's not like left or right, really. Like he doesn't like bullies, but it happens to go that pretty much every fucking comic book villain ever is a fascist in some way. And Captain America is fighting them. And he was literally created to fight Hitler. So either on one point, he's a character that was created to uh, fight Hitler in the comic books, or two, he was created as political propaganda, but somehow the Republicans are missing both those points. Yeah, I, it's funny to me. There's, I mean, there's a lot to take away from that. Um, <laughs> mainly the fact that like there's like, well, you know, the, obviously we fail to live up to the documents, but the documents are perfect. No, they're not. That's the whole point of, the, of being able to amend them is that, that we had the foresight to know that these documents aren't fucking perfect. Um, I, I do think that 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 speech they read off that's from the comic sounds a lot like uh, that speech in the opening, uh, you know, few minutes of that show, The Newsroom, where he just yeah. basically talks about how, like, wh 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 what is America the best at? You know, mm. um, I think, uh, you know. You just got to to me, it's just the most fucking brain dead shit I've ever seen in my life. And like it's that holding up the the, the documents is perfect, you know. Yeah. And, and infallible. It's like, no, that's they're very fallible. They were the best idea we could come up with at the time. But we're we're now learning new things. We should throw those new things into into these documents and not keep them as you know, they're not religious relics. They're not like. I don't know. I just. Right. Yeah. Bri Bryce side though. <clears throat> I didn't know they read books. So I guess they're opening up comic books. Cause honestly, I like the picture. I'm yeah. surprised. I've not heard them ranting more about, uh, the new, uh, winter soldier and captain America show with them making captain America black. I'm really surprised. I've not heard more pushback on that you for the are. record. I'm for it. It's what happens in the comic books. It's fucking awesome. But like, I'm really surprised I've not heard more pushback on that. Yeah, but I was going to go back to what Ian was saying. That the, the That's the point that struck me the most, too, was them saying that uh, it's not the documents that are fallible. The people were fallible. Well, okay, so these fallible people wrote an infallible document? How the fuck does that work? Yeah. Plus, like you said, like Ian brought up, the. I mean, what is absolutely the best point is that it was made to be amended. They did 10, like, right off the bat, like, you know, just not a few years later, even. And uh, just, I, I think Republicans, like, over the last really like i don't know half a century or so anyway have kind of like talked themselves into a corner where they can't admit that the constitution or the declaration are fallible in any way like they've talked themselves into that being their position and it is a corner and there's no good way out of it so they they almost like feel compelled to come up with dumb takes like this like i, I don't know it's that's kind of a that feel that constitution it. thing that is my uh i guess diplomatic way because i mean Growing up in the sticks, like I know a bunch of people that have a blue line flag or like, you know, side, you know, think Black Lives Matter is a terrorist group. And uh, 
whatever, you're entitled to that opinion. But when you've got a blue line flag flying in your front yard above the American flag, I know joke think that is extremely disrespectful because it says in our constitution. I also, that's why you don't see me wearing like an American flag hat or shirts around 4th of July. You're not supposed to wear the flag. You're not supposed to, uh, alter or change the flag yeah, like to face it in any way and like i'm a believer too like if it's storming you're supposed to go out and do the little ceremony and take it down and fold it and whatnot which is one of the reasons i don't fly one because i don't want to <laughs> worry about dealing with that shit no but it's like i seriously do like i respect the flag and and that's what's amazing to me is more people on the right i find disrespecting the flag and it's like, what the fuck have y'all turned into? They don't see it that way, though. They, they, I mean, so you have the flag code, right? And I'm not sure exactly, like, in which of our founding documents or, or which of our documents that is in. But for the people that are all about respect, the, like we mm -hmm. just heard, like, respect the Constitution, these documents are infallible, blah, blah, blah. They sure seem to pick and choose, mm -hmm. like, right? Like, so fucking often. And not just on... Bill of Rights issues, mm -hmm. like uh, other amendments, things like that. But just on stuff like this, too. I, oh, I'm glad you brought this up because uh, I think we can all agree there's a certain overlap between people that uh, believe angels are real and also tend to vote Republican. Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's like like I was saying earlier, that it's treating the Constitution like it's yeah. a, a, another book of the Bible, like. And so, and it's fine if you're out there and you believe angels are real, that's perfectly fine. But uh, my point being that you've got a lot of Republicans that are Christians. They tend to take the Bible and pick and choose their rules and what they, regardless of what sect of Christianity you're in. And it happens with all religions. You pick and choose what your little denomination wants to, wants to believe in and what, 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 what you want to do about it. And can it be a coincidence that that's also happening with the more religious party as far as like no laws and shit go? And, and if you talk to them about, the, you know, some of the crazy things that are in there that I guess like you're, you're uh, referring back to are the ones about like, you know, you have to stone a woman if she does this, like don't work yeah. on uh, the Sabbath at all. Don't do this, that and the other. If you ask them about those things and breaking mm -hmm. those things, they'll say, well, you know, the Bible was a product of its time. It's not meant to be taken exactly, you know, that way forever um it was a product of its time and things change times change and you know we know a little bit more than we did that some of them will say that I don't know. what what does but the verse in this one about well, yeah like what does the verse in this book of the bible have that the verse in this separate book of the bible what's the difference like why does one matter and the other one doesn't why are you going to toss this one out it's in there. This is your right. book. You're supposed to be following it. So like it's 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 just cherry picking and finding. Yeah, but, uh, you, in, that's in, what I'm getting at in either end. document. It's like, well, this supports the vision of uh, life that I think that I want to live. And for me to live this way, everyone else has to comply as well. And that's the thing about it. like the, the guy had, like was appalled. But are people is people are saying that the American flag is a divisive symbol now. It fucking is like, I mean, like, look, you may not, that may not be a good thing. And I'm not saying that's that good or bad on the American flag, but absolutely. When you go into, you know, go out to a bar and then you see someone walk in covered head to toe in American flag apparel, 
the mood changes. It does. It's it's because you know, like that's probably a guy that is either going to start some trouble, or if anyone tries to get into too real of a conversation with him, some trouble is going to come up. Like it is, it is a straight up. Like it makes it's weird. You know, like I feel like this is my privilege talking. It's weird being a white person now, uh, and then like now, like I'm made uncomfortable by the American flag. But I'm sure that's been something that other mm-hmm. people have felt for quite a long time. Oh, yeah, this is mostly a new thing for me, but <laughs> but. It's I, national. Yeah. Like we've talked about uh, before, like in other countries, if you hang your country's flag, just like fucking everywhere outside your residence, this place, it usually means like you're a blank nationalist. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in France, it's just the only one I have like direct uh, real well in England. But in England, it's the English flag, the one that's just a white background with a red cross. That means you're an ultra nationalist, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, in France, it's just hanging the French flag at all outside your residence or, you know, there's such a thing as like here, too, is like. You go to a, like a bar and say it's not even a guy that walks in, although usually if you're at this kind of bar, that guy will walk in. But there's such a thing as too many American flags out front. Maybe there's mm-hmm. a little too many on the awning or there's a little too much like we've talked about on here. It's just it reads nationalist for a lot of people now. And, and I know Ian has talked about like the uh, the don't tread on me flag. And it's well, it is how people interpret it. Like that's how like the meanings of words change. The meanings of symbols change. It is just however people are interpreting it at the time they're interpreting it. So Republicans, I don't think, get that, though, from the ones I've talked to. They like don't understand that the meanings of symbols come from the meaning. Like if I were to go create a symbol for something, I don't get to choose what that symbol means to people. Mm -hmm. The people get to choose that. What's any art like you you write a song, especially if you're not particularly clear in the lyrics and you use a little bit of like flowery, vague language, you're going to like. I mean, especially like when I, you know, when I was doing music, I wrote all the lyrics and I would come hear from people all the time who thought, thought that songs were about totally different things than what mm-hmm. I was intending. And it's not something that I can be like, well, you're wrong. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. they've listened to that song hundreds of times and attached that meaning to it. That's always going to be what they associate with it. And it's the same with anything like yes, yeah, symbols yeah. or yeah. Um, any kind of thing you put out there. Other people have their own agency and they're going to see it. The way. I'm sorry. I'm just, yeah, I've I agree. Just, no, I've just found uh, that. Some Republic, a fair number of Republicans I've talked to, they that's a really weird concept for them to grasp. It's like, well, no, the the don't tread on me flag is a symbol against tyranny against Britain. It was the Continental Navy. And it's like, well, yeah, that's true. But that's not the what people attribute to it now. And even in saying that they're, they're basically like that you could follow up by asking them. So you're anti-British and they'll be like, well, no, but you know, yeah. at, at the time, like, yeah. you know, at the time it meant that, and then yeah. you basically caught them right there. They won't realize. Well, even on have, the anti-tyranny but. aspect, like you've got them with that just on the basis. It's like last summer, every gas canister that hit somebody on the side of the head is fucking tyranny treading on somebody so it's like no you all clearly just want just like don't tread on you yeah the best part yeah. is the blue the thin blue line flag and the don't tread on me yeah. flag yeah either you'll, you'll see bumper stickers next to each other on cars or yeah. you see it in lawns and you're like those mean completely opposite things yeah that's the I double mean, whammy i've never seen the double whammy of that i've seen that uh, i don't know if i have seen that in a, i think i've seen that in a yard although i couldn't like cite it but, but I know I've seen it on a truck. I've seen, uh, I know a situation where one guy has on his truck a don't tread on me license plate and his neighbor across the street flies a thin blue line flag. But they get along. Mm-hmm. It's weird because in my head, they shouldn't. Yeah. 
Yeah. I so like um yeah, it's kind of kind of harkening back to like what symbols mean and everything. Like I studied linguistics in college, which was a great decision. I recommend everyone do that. Um uh no, please don't do that. Uh unless you want to just broaden your horizons on language. But anyway, we study things called the signifier and the signified, right? Like so the signifier is in linguistics anyway, is the word. In this instance, it's the symbol. And the signified is what that uh what meaning that communicates. So the signifier is usually made up by like these again, in linguistics, these like processes and things in our situation, it's made up by, you know, somebody that uh, took an art class and made a flag or did this or whatever. And the signifier, like I said, is, is made up of these processes, but the signified is made up of just cultural influences. Like maybe something meant started off meaning this one thing, but even like words that we have don't mean the original Mm -hmm. things that they used to words change symbols, change meanings, words, even change spellings. Like, did you know apron used to be napron? It comes from the same thing as like napkin, like a nap is like a piece of cloth mm. type thing. So, but people said a napron so much that it turned into an apron. Mm. So like these things can change like the, I don't know, I'm going off on a tangent now, but like, it's really interesting how they change and how some people fail to see that change or hold mm. on to the old ways of doing things. Well, I mean, you know, we're talking about the, the right, you know, persuasion, which is the conservative pers- you know, mindset and that's that 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 whole you know inclination that hey the old ways are the best and that's what we have to hold on to we have to conserve these things and it's like i I keep wondering like what they're trying to conserve um i think it's something that never really existed mostly i think it's like the um uh the 50 sitcom americana that they think was is how people should live their life and and it's like but that never was a real thing that was just on tv yeah have you seen uh pleasantville the movie yes it's pretty much like that's what i always think of the the black and white everything's super pleasant Mm -hmm. nice like white family in the suburbs type thing that again like never really existed or existed at the cost of everyone else that's why I like make America great again is such a non sequitur. Cause it's like, yeah. when was America great? You can ask somebody that's wearing that hat or that believes that when was America great, no matter what period they tell you could be as recently as like eighties, nineties could be further mm-hmm. back, hopefully not for their sake. But at any one of those times that they tell you, you can come up with counter examples of how, okay, maybe it was great for maybe even 80% of people at a certain time. But I, I doubt it. We even hit that number, but like, people were being oppressed at the expense of it being great for those folks mm-hmm. that you're thinking of and hearkening back to one. It's like just an example of that. It's like, I was just trying to think of like, when do I think America was great? Like, I don't know, maybe about uh 2007, 2008. I feel like America was pretty great. Right but before I w- the collapse. Yeah. I was in college, like not paying a lot of my own bills. Like, you know, like, of course it was fucking great. I didn't have shit to worry about. I wasn't even clued into shit. So it's like, exactly. I'm just saying yeah. that a lot of times when people think of that shit, they'll think of a time like that. It's nostalgia and not, sure. and yeah. just nostalgia. And they'll be like, man, the nineties were fucking great. There weren't many problems. Like we just got to listen, chilled music. And- we think back super fondly in the nineties, like the three of us, I'm sure, because like that yeah. was like, you know, our childhood and that's mm-hmm. when we were coming up, getting all the cool toys. Everything was, yeah. you know, Clinton, the Clinton economy was booming or at least outwardly anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, we were also kids and we didn't were really understand. Fucked. Yeah. There was a lot going on kind of like, I remember there was a bunch of shit with Bosnia Mm-hmm. And Yugoslavia going on all through the nineties. I still don't quite understand what all that was about, but I just remember seeing it on TV. 
There's good YouTube videos on it. Yeah, I, I need to look that up and see exactly what all that was the about. The dissolution of Yugoslavia is just like search mm. that. It's fascinating. Yeah. But yeah, let's uh let's move on here. Um see some quick I just wanted to bring up because uh well, you know, on with I think Andrew, you're gonna talk about this later, but it's just one quick point on this is it's just becoming I don't know. The Republicans seem like they're not even trying to hide that they're fascist fucks anymore. Like that is that facade is slowly, maybe not even slowly getting chiseled away, but I think you've got a story where we'll talk about that a little more. Um, and then you've got a story later on about Biden, but before we tear him a new one, cause I'll Tease be all my stories. I'll be one of the first ones to tell you, uh, yeah, I don't think Biden's great, but this is a cool thing he did. Uh, he signed a new executive order. Let me pull it up here. Where'd it go? So he signed a new executive order that is going to hopefully fix net neutrality and take it back to uh, before Ajit Pai and Donald Trump fucked it up. Uh, I'm not going to read all of the bullshit because it's a bunch of numbers, but it prohibits unjust or unreasonable early termination fees for end user communications contracts, enabling consumers to more easily switch providers, uh, initiating a rulemaking that requires broadband service providers to display a broadband, broadband consumer label, such as that as described in the public notice of the commission. Uh, I'm not sure what any of that means. <laughs> uh, yeah. The too long didn't read of it is basically it's going to take shit back to before Ajit Pai and Donald Trump fucked it up. So I think that's a pretty rad thing. Um, but yeah, broken clock again is right twice a day. Well, you just got to think about like with Biden, especially it's what interests, you know, mm. that back him wanted that to happen. So that's, that's like, you know, yeah, you, that that's, that's where I, my head would go is because it seems like everything he does has some sort of corporate tie in yeah. or some sort of like wall street tie in. We're like, Hey, yeah, this is really good for these rich people. Like, yeah. Well, to me, the net neutrality thing kind of, if you track the money down and kind of just follow the money on it, it comes down to us. The way I look at it, it comes down to a battle between big tech and telecommunications and Ajit Pai that was in there. He was the chairman or whatever, the head guy. He was uh, a fucking Comcast and Verizon shill. So he's obviously going to pass things that are going to help Comcast and Verizon. And those tend to go against big tech in whatever ways. And uh, it's weird that it's lined up that the left is big tech where the right is not. But the yeah. right doesn't even quite know what big tech is. They just see it censoring them. And it's not really. It's like. Is no different than if somebody came into my place of business and started screaming fucking cunt. And I was like, get out of here, man. But I think the right sees big tech almost as another like branch of government or something. Yeah. It's weird. It's because, weird how they view it. And they like to control all the branches and levers of government. So it infuriates them that they don't have mm -hmm. as much control over this one as they would like. So like it. And again, like, yeah, like you said, I. We've seen in the hearings that they clearly don't understand. Yeah. Not just like big tech as a as a, a an entity, I guess, or whatever, but like even big tech in its constituent parts. Like they talked to Facebook, they thought to talk to Zuckerberg and uh and uh who's the Twitter guy? But um fuck, what is his name? Uh Dorsey. Jack. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, they talk to them like like they're fucking aliens or something. Yeah. So it's like they don't understand it at a component level. They don't understand it on a macro level. The Democrats aren't much better. You've heard some of the shit they've said in those those uh, uh, meetings or, or whatever they're called too. I think politicians just generally don't understand big tech or what it is or what its moves are. Yeah. It's just that the Democrats are like kind of like happy that it seems to be generally on their side for now. So they're just like. All right, we're not going to say shit. Yeah. Like, we well, and for guys- the record, I am pro <laughs> uh, some sort of regulation on big tech. Oh, sure, yeah. It's not good that the the left doesn't understand it either. Right. It's yeah. not good. Like, it doesn't need to run rampant, but it's also hilarious that the right. I I can't even fathom it. Like, I can't even put my finger on exactly how the right views it. I like think the left kind of views it as this Asgardian magic. But the right is like, it's like just this wild donkey running loose that is just like they've got to wrangle in and they don't even understand. Like, it's weird how they view it. I think they almost view it as, like I said, one, almost like another branch of government, which is why they're so furious when they get kicked off of it, because Mm -hmm. they cite all these free speech laws that well, it's like, motherfucker, this isn't the government. This is a private company that has terms of service that you continually violate. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you want, but it's not just that they see it kind of in that sense. It's also that they see it as like a mouthpiece for the left, but a potential mouthpiece for them. Like they want to win it over. They're not doing a good job of that, obviously, as we've seen and we've been talking about it, but they want to win it over so that they can have more mouthpieces like Trump being banned from Twitter. They are feeling that like not Trump is feeling that for damn sure, but like the right in general is like they don't have their main spokes guy out there anymore. They have like Ron DeSantis and these people, but it's just not the same for them. And they want that back. Yeah. Well, and I guess they feel like they've been whipped into behaving where they're like, we still got Ron. They've allowed Ron to get on there. So he, yeah, we had a building collapse. (laughs) I mean, they can't even get laid anymore. So, you know, (laughs) right. Uh, Yeah. I found a, a (laughs) sorry to cut it. Yeah. No segue it. No, yeah, there's uh there was a shoot, where was he writing this? An article by a conservative, I think a Republican is what it was, uh, about how kind of decrying the fact that uh Trump fans are not getting people to sleep with them anymore. It's mostly this is a male writing this, and it's mostly him writing about uh women won't sleep with Trump guys. <laughs> not just like, you know, people that worked with Trump, but anybody that's a fan. And he is arguing, let's see, what was it? It was really funny what he argued. Okay. Uh, So he wrote a piece in the National Review called Political Discrimination as a Civil Rights Struggle. And he was arguing that college women's disinterest in dating Trump supporters doesn't just hurt their feelings, they being the Trump supporters, but is in fact discrimination. Uh, This, he maintains, is evidence of a progressive authoritarianism that's compelling, quote, young elite Americans to be turned off by, quote, conservatives resistance to racial, gender and sexual progressivism. Uh, And then the the article I'm reading of that's just kind of quoting that just goes on to say that that is true. I mean, he's not, you know, pulling this out of thin air, but, uh, you know, him ascribing it uh, to discrimination is something that we talked about here. These classes that are in power wanting to feel discriminated against. They're so they scared about out. getting fucked out of existence. They are. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, I mean, if you look at like the way that things are progressing through the generations, especially like with religion, like, um, you know, atheism is the fastest growing belief system 
mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, that, that, that is out there. And it's like, you know, every generation you have fewer and fewer that hold on to the, the past. So it's absolutely happening. Like <laughs> ultimately I'm annoyed by like the, you know, the right and Trumpism and stuff. And I do think that they're going to, they, they, they probably see their power fleeting and are probably like, you know what, let's crash the ship, you know, so that way no one gets to have America anymore, mm-hmm. you know? That that's the only thing that makes sense to me on on that, but it just it's it's definitely happening, I think, and I think this is a, this is a sign. I also think that Dungeons and Dragons players are discriminated against, and I think that war women should uh, should sleep with Dungeons and Dragons players, particularly dungeon masters, because um, it's just not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm we're lonely too, guys. You all have got a dungeon; they're the masters. What so. is what is it with? <laughs> What is it with these women these days? You know, they won't even go on a date with me after I already like them a lot. What like, what's is the it problem? with the women it's these days? So weird. And you're like nice to them and everything. You know, you like I'm really nice. Stuff and I'm they still won't. Very like. nice. I do things for them. I don't even ask for reciprocation. I mean, of course, I expect it. That's why I did the thing. Well, right. Yeah. But I don't ask for it. But then I get mad when they don't give it to me. Well, obviously. I mean, Sorry. anyone in their right mind would. <laughs> I had to go on that tear. No, it's not a tear. I mean, it's not, it's, you're not wrong. It's, uh, it's I'm, I'm straight up s- discrimination. I'm trying to see through this guy's <laughs> lens. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's so... I don't know how else to see through his like point of view other than he's sexually frustrated. Well, and he has a lot of buddies that are too. Well, yeah. women, like, I don't, you know, if, they, <laughs> if these were people who take the Bible seriously and, and in those old times, if you're trying to be conservative. If you're trying to hold on to the ways of the past, well, what what say did women have and who their partners were in the past? You know, it, yeah, I, I, amen, exactly. But uh, look, my dad has two really great cows. <laughs> he's willing to give to your dad. So I think I think this is a settled business arrangement. Don't don't you also think it's weird that they would want to sleep with progressive women? Yeah, no, like it, on a certain level. Or uh, is no, that not weird. I've never been a conservative dude, so I don't know. Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. And, uh, you know, as a libertarian, I felt feel some of that frustration because I've definitely like made women eye roll and, and leave, you know, n- not had mm. second dates because we got into politics. <laughs> so I I understand that, like that they're there, that uh, progressive politics are pretty common uh, in, in young women, especially like if you go, you know, bar aged women that go out and, and, and have a good time on the weekends. Um you do find that like most people, you know, want to feel like they're doing the right thing. And you, I, I do find, I mean, there are conservative women for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm on Tinder. I see it. Um, but they're a very different type. And so like, if you're in, if you want to go out to like concerts and you want to go out into like art kind of things like comedy shows, or again, like out at bars on the weekends that you're mostly going to meet liberal women. Um, whereas, but if, it strikes me that conservative men don't generally want to do most of this. Thing. I mean, like, I guess like, I guess the like libertarian contingent, maybe. Yeah, yeah, a lot of libertarians do. I mean, a lot. I mean, you conservatives like to you know party too. Uh, that they're out there, um, but it's just like it's different because you know when they were in college, they probably you know were in a frat and probably had like you know a sorority that they always could kind of go flirt with, and yes. you know it was, it was it was more of an arranged situation as the Lord intended. <laughs> um, but they they uh, yeah they. I, that's the only thing that makes sense to me is that like, well, and then they would what? get married. Like they would kind of pair up with sororities and get meet their maid or whatever and get married coming out of college. And then the, these, the ones that are writing these articles are those that fell through the cracks and didn't meet a, a, a uptight sorority girl. And now they're having to go out to like the yeah. hipster bar in town and wonder why, like, whoa, yeah. these girls with, you know, blue hair, none of them want to go out yeah. with me. 
Well, and it's probably I, where did he? Where did I say he wrote that for? But like, I was gonna say a lot He's of in the National uh, Review, I think, which is yeah, a, National a Review. fucking rag. Uh, um, yeah, but I was gonna say a lot of it's probably uh, conservative guys living in D.C. too, because D.C. is like a largely progressive city. But you know, there are a contingent of conservative guys that work for the you know GOP senators. I can't even reps. wear most my shirts and hats now. But it yeah. just like I don't. It just says to me that like it. It almost seems like one side is more secure or just has more strength in their convictions than the other mm-hmm. does like the women are like no we're good it would the be a like, neat on, please it would be a <laughs> Which neat is experiment <laughs> for i don't think we could do it in chattanooga because like we know bartenders and people here but like maybe go to like a neighboring city and we go out one night wearing like right wing republic not like you know, Trump for president, not like shirts like that or anything. Maybe at most like a MAGA hat, like Punisher shirts. Yeah. But like Punisher shirts and some stuff like that and see what kind of attention we get and film it and then go out another night, just like regular. I mean, we're all pretty left-wing normal guys. So then just go out normally or maybe even go like super hard left. Like, I don't know where like feminist shirts or something and see, I can get one of those, um, D pride shirts those are pretty cool yeah i'd wear one of yeah those. go like super hard left in our wardrobe and then go super hard right and see what kind of attention we get either way <laughs> goes like cleveland or something yeah that would matter too is like i feel like really cleveland mad. would be like hedging the bed a little bit to make yeah. it like a little <laughs> easier thinking, yeah yeah because it's like oh it's a college town yeah <laughs> and also like i think it depends on the because like you'd have to have like controls and shit and like yeah. if you it would have the to be the same bar, bar. Time, but it's tough to find a bar that kind of caters to both anymore because of the political divide yeah. in this country yeah, well, yeah. like i said <laughs> you know it, it sucks the air out of the room when american flag bro walks in so now they have to have bars for american flag bro and so yeah you know. it's the reason i don't go to there's like a they don't get bar nice down by bars me that, that has like a three percenter flag hanging outside and it's like well i'm never going there like obviously uh, They're advertising that I shouldn't go there, basically. So, all right, cool. Understood. Fuck them. Adapt, fuckers. Realize maybe you got some shitty opinions. Yeah. I mean, like, what's more important, really? Like, you being right? Like, it's the age-old struggle, really. You watch any sitcom, and, and it'll tell you what's more important, being right or making your wife happy. Well, probably making your wife happy. So, you know, hey, thanks, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so it's, yeah, like, Pick your battles is really what it is. Is 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 a date real really the time you even want to talk about this stuff? I mean, it's obviously important and it's a big thing that like I mean, if, if I find out like a, a girl has like really bad political views or like, you know, just is like like I think the biggest turnoff for me, I've seen like an immediate left swipe on Tinder is like, I don't care if you're fucking vaccinated. I'm like, yeah, I don't want someone who doesn't care. And like yeah. is tired of hearing about it. So I I love swipe those or like if they're like super into like radio rock, I'm like, no, no, like you, you love rock one Oh five. So we're going to left swipe that. But uh, you know, that's really as, as bad as it gets, I think. But the, you know, those are tells for other things. I think like when you, you find like, you know, I fucking love Seether. It's like, Oh, you probably love a lot of, you probably have questionable views on uh, people. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading too much. Into I don't things. know. Like, uh, Pretty much every date I went on during the uh, Trump presidency. Yeah, like first dates, they would uh, like the ladies would usually ask me, like, who did you vote for? I have to know, which I did. I'm surprised they didn't ask you before even. 
Yeah, it was just there. Or maybe they still yeah. want they want that free drink first, which yeah. I mean, like that's not me shitting on women. That's women being smart, really. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they it would usually get brought up in some capacity. They're like, "You didn't vote for Trump, did you?" And I'm like, "No." And uh. So yeah. Yeah. For first time around, I was like, "No, of course I never vote for Trump. I voted for Gary Johnson, of course, and that didn't do very much better." <laughs> yeah. I, I I almost wonder if this whole thing is. Uh, is kind of like almost a generational thing because like it's it's maybe just different generations having different not having different values but placing different levels of like emphasis on uh what's important to them in like a relationship and life and stuff because my stepmom who is not going to listen to this <laughs> by any means but she is like a hard she's like a trump supporter and my dad is not like my dad is you know he's the only social media he's on really is facebook or that he's active on and it's mostly just like anti-trump shit and they're friends, you know, on Facebook, obviously. And she has to see all that. And I, I imagine it comes up from time to time, but it's just like they seem to just get along. And I don't know that I could do the same. So I'm wondering if that's generational. Or my not. grandparents were like that. Like my uh, my mean ma, my mean ma was a Democrat. My papa was a Republican. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's what makes me. It's things like that that make me wonder, because like like I said, they get along perfectly fine. It just doesn't. I, maybe they they have maybe they're better at compartmentalizing things like that. Like maybe they keep it on Facebook and they re- legit don't talk about it in real life or something. I don't pretend to know, but well, I mean, it blows my mind that my uh, my uh, dad uh, was an atheist the whole time. Never knew that till I was older. Uh, but my mom very very religious, so uh, they made it last. I mean, they're divorced now, obviously, but uh, they <laughs> they made it last. Uh, you know, thirteen fourteen years something like that um because i think i was 13 when they divorced and they were together a year before i was born um so i think uh yeah i think 14 years how that's how long they made it and uh getting that devil sex and uh you know i always wonder why like every time we'd go to church which wasn't we were never regular church goers but like occasionally my mom would make us get dressed and get up on sunday we fucking hated it because it wasn't drilled into us that we had to go and uh they uh (laughs) I always like, why isn't dad coming? And then, oh, your dad has other stuff to do. And it's like, yeah, like not go to church. Yeah. Yeah. My, my parents were kind of, uh, that way, but the opposite, like my mom was the one that never went to church. She would never admit, like, it sounds similar. Like she never just flat out said she was an atheist until later. I have talked to her since, but, um, and my dad, I honestly suspect that my dad is an atheist and just like, can't, which again, maybe is a generational thing or, or generational slash a personal thing just to him. But his mom was so religious and he, you know, she's long since passed, but he's, he's still very much like in reverent to his mom's like memory and everything like that, that I, he doesn't go to church. Like his Trump supporting wife is super religious. Like she and her ex husband like founded a church, I think. And uh, she goes like almost like uh, an hour away to church, like, cause she just likes that one more. So she's that level of religious. And my dad is like, yeah, I'm Christian. But like, he doesn't go to church. He doesn't, I don't know. I don't think he prays or anything. He never really like drilled it into me. It was just kind of like you said, a thing we did on Sundays occasionally. Sounds like it's camouflage. Like, yeah, I'm Christian. Don't ask me any more questions. It's basic. About it. That's what I think. <laughs> I think he tells himself that he's Christian. And I, well, I, I mean, I think he listens to these either. So. <laughs> as a person who came, came out of that and, and was, you know, involved in that for, for many years, it's, there's a big chunk where I think that was what my deal was too, where I was just like, yeah, I'm just la la la. I'm not listening to you, to you any of these things. And then, you know, 
we've talked, I think we've talked about like some of the books we've read uh, that a lot of that is really kind of what made me like, Oh, there's more books in the Bible. I should read some of these other books. And I wish there, and this is a little off topic, so I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I wish there was a way. Cause I think I grew up in a Methodist church and I wish there was a way, like I really appreciated the environment that, and the community that that environment brought up or I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. I guess I really appreciate the community and the environment that growing up with that left me with was like, I don't know, once a month we'd have a big like potluck dinner, like grill out or spaghetti or whatever. After church, they always had breakfast before church. And uh, then I had like my youth group on Sunday evenings and it was like, yeah, they would sit us down. They let us choose what we wanted to study and we just constantly read about revelations because it was awesome. It's the most metal book. Yeah, the it was awesome. And uh, yeah, it was like we were just studying about revelations and then we would grill out or something or swim or whatever. And uh, I don't know. I wish there could be a church like environment like that where you've got a group of people that are down to like be decent folk and help each other out and all like come together. Maybe each Sunday you rotate out like uh this Sunday, I'm going to read you guys, uh, I don't know, some from the origin of consciousness mm-hmm. and just you trade off like sharing philosophies or whatever each Sunday with the core message of like, don't be shitty to each other. There's there's stuff like that for sure. I mean, it's obviously not as big, yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, you, you can, f- I'm sure if you like find, I, I think there there's some that are even classified as churches that do that, but they're not like religious churches, but they, they have, they get all the same tax benefits and stuff, but the way they're organized, but they just don't. Yeah. Like an atheist church. Yeah. They just don't preach the Bible, but they still are like a meeting place and a community gathering kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure, uh, is that what Unitarian is or something? We need to have like a religious episode. We can ask Jared about that because that's what he is. Okay. And I think that is what it is. It's similar. I think it's deistic. Like they do believe in a God or multiple. I, I don't remember. They exactly. probably just don't specifically preach the Bible. Yeah. I think that's what it what right. it is. But now maybe I'm wrong. I mean, yeah. Well, anyway, what's uh, where are we talking about next here? Um, I have something I can throw in. It wasn't something we talked about, but it's something yeah. I, I saw. It's, it'll be a real quick one. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of CNN, but, um, Jim Acosta has a pretty, pretty sick burn. Um, apparently <laughs> he, I don't know if this is true. He, he, he tweeted and said, said that, uh, an expert on the circus industry recently reached out to me and urged me to not compare Trump and his comeback toward a clowns at the circus. Um, as that is an insult to clowns. I agree. <laughs> so he's going to stop calling Trump a clown. And then he did. Uh, he he went on to say, uh, comparing Trump to a clown is most definitely an insult to clowns. He's more like one of those mask hating customers at the grocery store. You see them a Karen. He called Trump a Karen. I mean, first off, it's it's true, but we've been saying that for fucking how long now? But like, it's you know, it's nice to know I'm not crazy and I'm not the only one. Seeing somebody on like uh, big corporate owned media also kind of say it. Yeah. In the, aren't they a lot like these people we make fun of called Karens? I'm like, yeah, that's the <laughs> duh. Yes. That's yeah. what we've been saying. It's really the problem is it's that they're all just boomers <laughs> and like boomers have this weird entitlement. Yeah. Dude, it yep. was uh, someone in my family at a Thanksgiving dinner one year. Uh, we went out to eat. Got really fed up at an Italian restaurant waiter because they they were they were doing uh 
like a special family meal thing that day. This person, a boomer, got really fed up with this waiter who's working on Thanksgiving because they only had Italian dressing at an Italian restaurant. <laughs> and it, it was like, it kind of ruined the whole dinner because the whole time we were like, no, you need to calm down a little bit. He's working on Thanksgiving. He's not getting to do this with his family. And uh, he's doing his job. He He's not like going to run out to a store for you and get you ranch. Like they are yeah. entitled. Yeah. I not, not I know, just kind of going down another path. This isn't a boomer. This was a person uh, younger than me, but in, in my general age group, <laughs> we used to have a buddy who'd go out with us. who was just the shittiest, uh, like every server. And it just made us all embarrassed the whole time. We'd be like, dude, can you not like, yeah. And so I don't, he, he felt like, you know, Hey, I'm paying for the food. I deserve to get to, uh, you know, treated like the way I want to be treated here. And it's like within reason. Yes. But within reason and you're being unreasonable right now. And it's, I feel like that's maybe the fact that like, you know, I think he was an only child. And so, you know, boomer parents. And so probably not a lot of uh, checks on that. Hey, this is how, how you're supposed to, that's probably, I guess how he was taught that this is how you're supposed to behave in a, mm -hmm. in an establishment. Um, I think I've dated Karen's before too, which is not great. <laughs> I've dated a Karen or two. You go to a store and you can't, you, you know, you're going to like, Oh, great. We're going out to shop. That means we're going to get into like five arguments today with yeah. people. Ooh. It's like, you're just looking for things to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, she, this, this girl I'm talking about, like, I, I remember one specifically, the person was just doing their job and saying like, okay, yeah, will that be this? Will that be this? And she just was like, I'm sorry. I just feel like you're being really rude to me. It was like, no, she's not. She's just doing her job. She might be a little tired, but she's not being rude to you specifically. Let's drop it. And let's move on. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's being rude to me. And I want an apology. I'm like, no, you don't. Let's go. Oh, man. That sounds like a true American horror story <laughs> of which I actually have a few. Would you like me to get into them? Get into them. All right. Uh, first thing I had this week in that category is that uh, so vaccines uh, are given to prisoners on a state by state basis. That's not federally mandated. The CDC doesn't control it, anything like that. So basically we have the governors that are in control of it. And a lot of times they have somebody that's appointed the uh, Bureau of Prisons, you know, the head of the Bureau of Prisons in that state. Uh, what I thought was particularly, I guess, horrifying to stick with the theme about this news was that we are starting to send vaccines abroad. Now, this is not quite, you couldn't quite say it's a capitalism thing. There may be an angle there, but not one I can think of. But uh, because we are sending these abroad to countries that don't have them at no cost. So... I still think it's a little odd that we're sending them abroad when we have 17 states that have under half of their inmates vaccinated. We have Utah, South Carolina, and Alabama at 20% or less. And we have Florida and Wyoming, who, you know, guess who's in charge in both of those states, are just refusing to release records at all, like of prisoner vaccinations, which could mean they haven't even started. Um, I honestly... I, I don't even know like what to say about this. It just seems like on its face fucking wrong. We have so many unvaccinated people and now we're sent. Do I disagree with sending them abroad? No, we need to help the world with this. Is it an issue of uh, 
like you can take a duck to water you can't make it swim like is it a i mean like look at tennessee we've got some of the lowest vaccination rates in the some nation the, do prisoners it's not for lack it. of access to vaccines do prisoners have a right to refuse vaccine vaccination uh that i'm not sure of i didn't actually look that up but and then uh, also there could be a separate thing of where that's not generally the, the issue since prisons are uh privately ran there could be a situation where the prisons have to pay for the vaccine well some of them are yeah a lot of them are, are state prisons or you know federal pens or whatever which i don't know federal pens i guess they fall under federal jurisdiction by definition but i don't know i just think it's kind of uh it's fucked up that i i think they basically aren't being offered to these prisoners i don't think it's mm. an issue of like right of refusal or, or anything like that and the florida and wyoming ones are just like they just strike me as super fucking shady. Like they won't release any numbers of any amount of prisoners that they vaccinated. And the theory, I think at the beginning of all this was, well, we're going to vaccinate the correctional staff. Uh, the prisoners don't, you know, get into contact with the outside world other than mail, which we can control and mm -hmm. mail and outgoing. Um, so we'll get the staff vaccinated, but then they had staff pushback from anti-vaxxers for lack of a better word so not all the staff like in a lot of places only 20 percent or 40 percent of the staffs are vaccinated in which case then it can come in it can affect the prisoners so basically the prisoners are in just the worst case scenario because like even if they wanted one a lot of they're not being offered one in a lot of these states uh like i said it's it's 17 that we know of it could be it's potentially 19 i doubt that florida and wyoming are being super great about it how's uh, tennessee doing on it Tennessee, I don't know. I think we're in the 17 states that had under half, judging by the it's kind of like a heat map thing yeah. that I looked at. I think we were at like 40 something percent. Um, we weren't one of the reddest states. And then Florida and Wyoming are just gray. <laughs> but anyway, maybe, maybe the logic is if you can get the populace. I mean, just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. If you get the populace vaccinated for the most part, then you've got these prison populations that may or may not be vaccinated let's say they're not but then as new people come in they're going to be vaccinated and then as people go out they won't be so they'll be able to get them but these prison populations should in theory just slowly decrease and then i guess the people that do get the virus it sucks that they would get it and die or survive but I can, I guess I can see where they would see that it's unnecessary, but it's still bullshit. It just seems like I bullshit because if we have so much surplus, yeah, that's why it seems like bullshit to me. It's, it's not just that like these prisoners aren't being vaccinated. That's like kind of a half story on its own, but it's the fact that we're sending so much overseas. Again, we're not charging for it. We're trying to help, you know, the world with it because we do have such a surplus, but it seems to me like the people that are all gung-ho America first should be on top of this. Not like fucking me. I shouldn't have to be the one that's like, Hey, yeah. we, you know, we should do this. Um, I mean, there, there, there's but the people that are America first are usually anti-vaxxers. Yeah. And there's, there's also the spin that, Oh, we're going to give it to these murderers and criminals before we give it to people, you know, overseas who, who haven't committed crimes. And that I, I could kind of see that argument. I'm, you know, as, as someone who thinks that like, maybe, you know, I don't necessarily know that, how I feel about our prison system, but I probably feel like it's probably fucked up and, and, and people get a lot more punishment than they actually deserve for things. So, and I also don't think that like they're, they're they weren't sentenced to die of COVID. So it's like, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, that's a great point. Yeah. So it's like whatever, whatever their sentence is, uh, let them serve that and not throw additional, like also any, I mean, like, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's weird to think about like, you know, like in what cases should we look out for those people? You know, they are still people and they do have a right once they've served their time. If you're on the, if you're on death row, do you, you know, have the same rights as someone who doesn't, isn't on death row? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it seems like probably yes. It seems like probably like, hey, look, we sentenced you to die by the electric chair and you're not COVID. So, yeah, I think you should. Whether or not you do, I, I don't know all the ins and outs well, of that. On, when people are on death row, states. why do they sit on death row for so long? Because like they're sentenced to death, but then they'll go sit on death row for 10 years just waiting for one day. It's like, no, we drew your number. We're putting you in the chair. Well, it might be an issue of, I mean, it's hard, it's hard. I don't, I'm not an expert on any of this, so I don't know for sure. Yeah, I'm just I have no idea. My ass, but it seems like it would be like probably to give you a fair amount of time to appeal and try to get it overturned, yeah. um, you know, where if they just rushed you through and, you know, pulled the switch immediately as soon as the gavel hit, they'd probably, you know, get in some trouble for like, oh yeah, yeah this was, guy turned out he didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know you have the legal right to an appeal and all that but i don't know like yeah what time limits are set in place or anything and it probably differs by state too or something yeah some states may may want to be like look we, we have the death penalty but we're not we're, we're not trigger happy and we don't want to do it every day so like we only want to we, we want to keep our you know executions per year number pretty low so it's like you, you're you get backlogged mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like what was that stone cold steve austin movie where they took death row inmates and dropped them on an island and have them had them battle and the last one standing got to go free. Uh, sounds fucking awesome. I mean, they've done they've, they've done a bunch of stuff like that. I'm not, I don't know that movie, but I know like yeah. there was that. Um, I mean, obviously, Running Man from the 80s yeah. was like that. Uh, there's the um, oh, what's the Japanese one about school kids? Um, uh, oh, Battle, Battle Royale. Battle, yeah. 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 I watched a movie um, that's kind of similar premise, but uh, it, it takes place in a jail. Uh, and it's called Mean Guns, and it has like Christopher Lambert and Ice T in it. Oh, it's like a straight to video, but it was I, it became legendary in my friend circle for for <laughs> way more. I'm not going to explain that story because it's not that interesting, but it did. It was a thing, and this is a movie that exists, and it's that kind of style game or that that you know Hunger Games style thing, um, but uh, <laughs> in a jail. And it's like, it's all these people who are like, you know, you want to win the biggest prize of money or whatever, blah, 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 be the last one. And then just in the middle of the jail, they just dump a big pile of weapons and go, go crazy. And, you know, it's, it's that, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff like that, but <laughs> I know I've never seen a stone cold one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I can move on this, uh, next one, uh, truly is, a capitalism horror story. So I think I was going to talk about this last week, but we were off the air. Uh, so this may have been a couple weeks ago, but uh, New York City, the city government, sent out a text to its residents uh, on one of the hotter days they were having, must have been like just before the 4th, I think it was the week before the 4th, uh, to turn off their air conditioning mm. for a set amount of time. Did you guys hear about that? And... Uh, basically just expected people to follow suit because the infrastructure is just not set up for it. Like they just, they can't like with it being as hot as it is and the units all running at the same time at full capacity, it would like overload the grid or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you guys have any guesses whether or not they shut down times square, any of the billboards, anything around there? I'm guessing not. You, yeah, you'd be, you'd be correct. 
So yeah, they send out this, this text to everyone in New York to, hey, basically you might have to fry for, I think it was like 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it was, or maybe they were going to do it in shifts, but like you may have to fry for a little bit so that we can keep the Times Square lights on. That was the subtext. That's not obviously what they said, but it's like, we need the grid to make, to function. We don't want to, you know, rolling blackouts because last time that happened, like rap music was invented. We don't want that again. That's a whole story though. Look it up. Um, but we can't have that. So you guys shut off your AC. We're going to keep all the billboards and everything else up. This to me is capitalism at its finest. It's just like, it's the thing that Bernie always talks about where it's like socialism for corporations and, you know, rugged individualism, individualism for the masses. It's like, you guys are all on your own together. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, basically pay to keep these lights on. It's, it's a boring I dystopia. I, I feel like I'm going like It's a boring insane. dystopia is what it is. I don't know. I don't even what, know how much who, there who is even to really sends say out, Who has that. the authority to send out that text? Like who is it? The electrical company that gets paid for like, I assume ultimately what, it's the mayor's office. Like surely there's somebody that could get in charge and be like, look, we're going to get rid of all these fucking led billboards. Besides what the fuck is in times square that anybody would want to go to. Last time I was there, they had an Applebee's. That's true. They have that TKTS where you can get like cheaper Broadway tickets, I think. Uh, is like there a Bubba it, Gump there? I mean, there's probably a Bubba, Bubba Gump. Gump. Might be a Bubba Gump. There's no, there's no TRL anymore. No. No. The Legos, no, the Legos, like uh, 30 Rock or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Not much. But it's important that we all see these advertisements did, and just fucking fry. Did people comply? Did people do it? I don't think, uh, well, enough people did. Like, the grid didn't go down. Like but I what, don't know how much that was threatened realistically anyway. But. Yeah, like, what were what were the what were the penalties if you didn't comply? Like, I don't think, th- I think it was just a, hey. For the common good, dude. Because, but, but that's like, but you know, but remember, isn't that Remember so how we asked you to wear a mask? This is kind of like that. It's worded as like being like, hey. It's, it's worded as like a solidarity argument, basically. Right. Like, hey, for the good of all of us, we're let's all shut off our AC, you know, at this time or in shifts or whatever. It won't kill us to be to sweat a little. But they're not in solidarity with you. They want you to be. It's it's fucked. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what if? But what <laughs> if the the Times Square is like compared to the population of New York? What if Times Square is just a drop in the bucket? Like, and it wouldn't. It didn't. It wouldn't make a difference either way. And they actually did need a big chunk of the population to do that. I don't know. I mean, if those things are, if those giant signs and most of the lights in Times Square are running on LEDs, that's very conceivable. Yeah. I just think it's a big ask to keep on all like city things, municipal buildings, things like that. Keep all the lights and air on there and ask everybody that's like, that's resident in residential. Yeah. And I guess commercial, like probably some like, you know, delis and corner stores and shit, like to shut down theirs and keep everything else on. It just seems like, like, it seems like the kind of thing that would like incite a revolution in like a different day and age. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't have fucking done it. No, that's the, that's the city's problem. Right. Yeah. If it shuts off, it shuts off. And then yeah, again, city's problem. We'll see but what I mean, happens. If, there, if there's that many people, that means there's also that much tax revenue that they're bringing in that should be able to cover this. You know, why don't we expand the, again, infrastructure that we keep going on like, about. Do you, do you exactly. Think- and that's mayor de Blasio. <laughs> turn down his uh his air conditioning i guarantee you not no but um or, or he's like you know what i'm gonna turn it off and i'm gonna get on a plane i'm gonna fly to my 
you know, summer home in the po or winter home in the Poconos. I wonder if Ted Cruz can go to Cancun yet. He can like, go whenever he wants. No, just like Bill de Blasio mm -hmm. thing to himself. It's like, I'll call up Ted. <laughs> I wonder if he can go to Cancun yet. Yeah. Yeah, rich people are probably like, sure, yeah, we'll do that and then go somewhere else where we can be in the AC. Which in the same vein of this, I was reading an article the other day about how there is a problem about how all these rich fucks that live in the Hamptons are having to mow their own yards. They're having to cook their own food. And because uh, there's nobody up there that can afford to live, their workers cannot afford to live up there. Like, I mean fucking Kirby at monkey town. That's essentially him and his dad's story is they were managing restaurants in the Hamptons and moved down here because they had family down here. And they're like, Hey, we can manage the same restaurant in Tennessee and make way more money profit wise and still make good food and not be living hand to fist. And so monkey town, they've got a couple other restaurants, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. Uh, that's hilarious to me. They're just like, it's like the fact that it is an article. They're like, well, there's nobody we can find them. How are yards? We've got to make our own eggs in the morning. Like we all look like shit because we can't get our hair done. Like across the board, like they can't get any service. Now that's a boring dystopia. I like to see. Yeah. Yeah. They probably also argue for like strong border control and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, it's hard to feel any sympathy there for that, for that. I, I kept, I've been trying to think for the last like two minutes, I had a good tag on something that Ian said, or like, you know, an actual informative tag, but I, I keep forgetting it. So I'm going to move on to the next one, uh, which is that South Dakota, South Dakota's governor, Christy Nome has sent uh, at least 50. I think it may be more now um, of the South Dakota national guard to the Mexican border. So, did you guys hear about that? That I think may have been a couple weeks ago. It's been kind of developing. Um, but you guys know where South Dakota is. I'm sure so do the listeners. It's, you know, the southernmost of the Dakotas. And nowhere near the Mexican border. Nowhere near Governor Abbott's Texas. But due to a rich conservative Tennessee billionaire and proud owner of like two dick names, Willis Johnson... Uh, he has funded this solely by himself. He has given, I forget how many bill or millions, I think it is, uh, to the state of South Dakota, nominally to the state of South Dakota. And Governor Christy Nome has gladly accepted that private donation and sent 50 National Guard members from South Dakota down to the border. So effectively, again, these are capitalism horror stories. What we have is a billionaire, a Tennessee billionaire, an out of state yeah, how billionaire. How is that legal? Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the fucking problem, though, that we'll get into. But it's like, how, how are these people not breaking law? Like, how are there laws that this isn't breaking? But he is allowed to make a donation to the state. The governor is allowed to interpret that however the fuck she wants, apparently, or at least has some kind of carte blanche to do that. And then is currently using that to send them down to the border. Uh, I don't know if Governor Abbott, like in Texas, asked for that. I'm sure they were in some back channels, like communicating that it doesn't just happen like that. But that to me is like, even out of all these stories, like a huge fucking red flag because now it's like private money can go to fund the National Guard and yeah. its movements from state three will pay for state two to move National Guards to state one. And I have no idea why I did that backwards, but I didn't even know. 
I mean, I guess it makes sense that they do, but I wasn't even aware a governor. The governors are in control of the national, their state's national guard. Yeah. But I didn't know they could do that. Like, like send it to they, another state. That they could just it deploy it willy-nilly like that. I think in a case like this, it has to be approved by both governors since it's an intra-state mm. or inter-state thing. Uh, I don't know if like the governors, and I'm sure, sure they fly, so they probably don't have to get permission from all the governors in the states they fly over. Yeah. But I know in Texas and South Dakota, I'm assuming that it has to be with express permission, uh, well, on an express order and with express permission. So this is a thing that apparently can just happen which I didn't know about until this week. But to me, that's terrifying because it's like yeah. then a billionaire can just say like Bill Gates, who lives in Washington state, right? It's probably good buddies with, you know, he's a Democrat nominally, whatever, like good buddies with whoever their governor is can just in theory anyway, be like, Hey, mm. can you send X number of national guard troops to, uh, I don't know, Oregon, a cooperating state, but we want to put down something in Portland or something like I'm that's far fetched, but the fact that that power exists unchecked, that billionaires, millionaires, if you're nasty, like, if you know, if you just want to spend the money, can do this is insane to me. Almost like buying a private military to do the things you want. It's exactly right. It's ex it's exactly that. It's, it's just like, like with one middleman. Is our is our National Guard now like reduced to being mercenary forces at this point? Like that's that's kind of what it seems like. That's exactly what it seems like. And, and it's like so at the same time, you have like billionaires being able to buy basically an army for lack of a better word and billionaires being able to buy the political, like the actual governmental like Congress. So what do we, what do we have left? I don't know. I just thought with the name national guard, it implies some sort of like national oversight. It wasn't just like, it's not the Tennessee guard. I didn't think they could just willy nilly. I didn't think it was like, Willis Johnson, not willy nilly. Like, <laughs> yeah, what was it? South Dakota, you said? South Dakota. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. aware that it was like just South Dakota's own state military. I don't know if it's quite like, I don't know if that would be an exact accurate description. That's what um, it sounds like. But I know though. that like when you when you look at like past examples of governors sending in National Guards, usually it's in their own state, right? Like, um, yeah, uh, who's the, the shithead from Alabama? back in the day yeah governor, i know what you're talking about sent in the national guard to i think like stop desegregation and uh the national guard whether regardless of how they felt on that had to do had to follow his orders mm -hmm. so i imagine like these south dakota national guards like i don't pretend to know their politics they're probably pretty gung-ho for this they've been the, on the one hand she was like i won't release any information about this uh it's you know it's a security concern we don't want them to know like who's down there and what on the other hand you have her posting twi uh like pictures on Twitter of her with the whole contingent of national guard. There's like two or three pictures of her with them that are going down. It's like, so it's a security and privacy risk like to these guys and gals, like, and well, probably guys and gals and to like list anything about them, but you can show their faces all over social media. It's like, that seems more, arguably more dangerous. Um, but I don't know. It's just the fact that they can be bought like that is, is the, the yeah, big that's, takeaway. That's that alarming. Have. Because on I don't that know level, if this is a start of something. And on that level, what would stop uh, the South Dakota governor from marching it straight into uh, North Dakota and just being like, nope, we're going to be one Dakota now and just taking over? Like, I've, that I don't know. I mean, I you think know, that was a weird example, right, but no. like, 
but dude, clearly like I, there's nothing stopping that. We've seen in the past, like since we've been doing this show and and a little bit before since the Trump years, basically, we've seen that like a lot of the checks and balances we thought we had in place were basically like friendly agreements not to do a thing. Mm hmm. So like the more we the more you think about that and the more you see like this happening with like I think this was kind of undercovered. Like I, I heard about it a couple sources, but they were like mostly like independent sources. Like I know the three of us prefer anyway, but like it's just like this seems like it could be the start of something really dangerous. The Republicans are not and this this Tennessee billionaire, obviously pretty conservative guy. Uh, are They're not afraid to afraid to flex. And I think the Democrats are. Mm -hmm. um, and in a way that never ends well for the the non-conservative side. Like well, it seems like the Democrats are still like <clears throat> it seems like the Democrats for the most part are still trying to just play by the rules, even though the rules are kind of just friendly agreements, like you said. Yeah. They're still trying to play by that. But like I said at the start, and um I guess we'll talk about, but like the right's not even really hiding anymore that they're like a right wing like fascist group. It's like every time I see a more right wing person on the news talking about like that Captain America thing, they're just talking about more and more nonsense that doesn't have to do with anything remotely helpful. And, uh, it's just like, yeah, they're canceling us. And, uh, Critical race theory is going to keep our children from even hitting puberty. They're going to be hormonally stunted forever into being little girls. And, uh, and, and then they won't even be able to learn about Jesus. Like, it's just such nonsense. Yeah. That, most, most of the, they just talk culture war shit while yeah. they do this shit behind the scenes. Yeah. I still, yeah. I still haven't heard any right wing people tacitly endorse fascism itself. What I do see them sit, doing a lot is explaining why the fascist ass shit they're doing is not fascist and then actively criticizing enemies of fascism. It's they, yeah. it's again, it's a, well, different thing that we talked about earlier, but it's like, yeah, they endorse all the component parts. They just don't want to call it that. Cause right. it's nasty. Yeah. No, we're not Nazis. Nazis were the bad guys in world war two. We're different than them. Yeah. And that we're not alive in world war two. <laughs> right. I, the way I Billy see them right. doing it is yeah. the way they label the others. Of it's like if you're not a Republican, you're part of the others. You're part of the the extreme left. The extreme left's gonna warp the brains of our children and Captain America's there with them and he, you know, whatever. Is this like, what we've come to as a people? Is this what we're gonna allow in our society? Like And it's like I, I will say that the left, as far as like the mainstream left that you see in the news and whatnot, I'm not quite that but I definitely lean left. And uh, it seems to me that anyone with half a brain or if anyone takes some time to get a little educated or go to college, or if they get a little empathy in them, I don't know. I've just seen that people that are a little more educated tend to lean more left. Well, yeah, just, just read the news. You don't, mean, you don't even have to go to college. Just read the news and don't assume that you already know what the right answer is before yeah. you open the article. I think that's the main thing. That's the difference that I at like where I've started to kind of like drift away from a lot of my older views was where I used to scan articles and you know, cause I already knew. And so I was like, Oh, I want to see what this per asshole has to say about this. Oh, of course they're saying that they would say that and I'm not even reading what they're saying or taking in any of the information. Once I caught myself doing that and started actually like looking at things critically, that's where I started to really 
uh, come around on a lot of my views and, and really start to be like, you know what? I mean, like, there's no reason we can't try to make things better. Like, we're not stuck in this like, well, it's just the way it is. I don't know. That's, that To me, that seems like ultimately what it is. It's like, well, that's a it's just the way it is. And B, it's the best that's ever been. And you should be grateful for what we have. And it's like, I think it could still be better. Like, I, even if you like the way things are now for your particular situation, mm. Uh, I think we could still be better for everybody. And I don't think, I think most of the people that we're interacting with and having these conversations with aren't the people who are going to really be affected by the kind of changes we're talking about making. I don't think not negatively. I don't think they're like, no, I'm going to have to pay way more taxes. And it's like, no, no, you won't. You won't like your boss probably will, (laughs) but you you probably won't. It's like most of the people that complain about like capital gains taxes don't one pay them or two know what they are. But if my boss is paying taxes and there's going to be less money that they have to pay me, it's like they're not paying that you that anyway. Yeah, like it's that's, not trickling mm-hmm. down now. So don't worry about it trickling down in the future. <laughs> like It never has. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, like that that to me, like I said, like the, those those two other ones weren't great stories in my eyes. But like this one is just like it's it's we have militaries that basically answer to like billionaires. We have politicians that are clearly more representing billionaires and corporations than they are representing like, you know, what were, would normally be thought of as their constituents. Because just for like a, a an example, if they actually represented what their constituents like thought and wanted, like in an ideal, like a utopia version of this or whatever, the raising the minimum wage is about 80% of people are behind that, like uh, federally across the country anyway. Um, it's close to 80%. It might be in the high seventies, but if they were really our representatives, that would be a slam dunk, no brainer, easy thing to do. Uh, But if you take the tack that they're actually representatives of corporate America and these rich folks, it's obvious why they haven't. Right. Like, I I don't know if you had, I was going to say that's, that's a point that the, you know, I I watch uh, now breaking points and uh, Mm. crystal and saga have been making that exact point since they were still on rising where it's like, look, Mm. it's stupid for any politician to go against this right now. Like, why would you not support minimum wage? Like or increasing minimum wage. Everyone it's, 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 it's one of the most popular policies that unites the most people in this country. Like it should be a slam dunk. Like you said, that, it could be I, it could be something bipartisan and but no, no one's going to say, yeah, I, they, they can't even get fucking Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema on board. So it's not even it's not even no. just a Democrats versus Republicans thing, although arguably Joe Manchin, I don't think is really a Democrat. Well, and their well, states, they are from very right leaning states, right. aren't they? They're, I can't remember what states they are, though. Cinema uh, is Arizona. Okay. Manchin is West Virginia. Yeah. Okay, Joe Manchin so. is Democrat for West Virginia, but he's still not <laughs> yeah that kind of reads to me more rural areas so you've got big money voters there that employ a good portion of people like on farms and shit like that in those areas and uh those are the people voting for him they don't want to pay fucking a minimum wage yeah. but it's just like like actually i'm glad you brought up mansion and cinema because i actually had a, a stat about them too which is uh, they were two that voted down raising the minimum wage, right? Mm. And they're both Democrats, like you said. Yeah, they are from those states and everything. Although Arizona, you could argue that that's rapidly turning blue or is currently purple, whatever. Uh, West Virginia, yeah, sure. That's a little different. But um, 
they are two of the senators, two of the, I think it was like eight, eight to 10 senators that were awarded by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce a bipartisanship award. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce does this like every year. They give uh, leadership awards and they give bipartisanship awards, which basically, I guess, is just like a relic of a different time is like my, my overarching point here. But when you have these organizations that are actively like giving senators awards for voting down a minimum wage hike because they are now being bipartisan and holding hands by doing that. That to me is like, is what do we call it? like late stage capitalism at its finest? It's, it's not bipartisanship. It's being a turncoat. Like that's exactly you're, you're, you're betraying, you know, your constituency and you're betraying, you know, the principles of the party that you, you joined, like it, bipartisanship would be like, Hey, everyone's on board. Let's work on this together. Not like, yeah, the all my Democrat friends like it, but the fucking Republicans don't. So to be bipartisan, I'm siding with the Republicans. It's not being bipartisan. You just switch teams. Like that's all that fucking means. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. They gave that award to cinema, to mansion. Uh, the Republicans they gave it to were uh, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, because they basically like in their case is just being ineffective. Uh, so you didn't really do much of anything. Here's an award. <laughs> I mean, I guess in all these people's cases, it's basically just being ineffective. They're, it's like you were the most would you say useless. They're, would you say they're participation trophies? Uh, one could one could say that. I think God I, in this era, this these days, everyone <laughs> gets a fucking participation trophy. Right. It's it's made these senators soft. It's made them lazy, ineffective. Turns out. Yeah, Doug Jones. Got, <laughs> Doug Jones tried to walk that line, and he got his ass voted out. Uh, he was one of the ones that got the award because it was for twenty twenty. Uh, session so it was for last year not that if he had gone hard left he wouldn't have gotten voted out either it is alabama but still um i don't know i i thought just it's it's just like a to me it's just a confluence of so many things it's corporations owning basically all of our senators and most of our politicians the ones that they don't own we know about because they get like fun nicknames because they're one of like mm -hmm. five that aren't owned <laughs> um, they're obstructionists yeah they're yeah. the squad they're whatever um and then now owning like militias, but I mean, it's not a militia because mm -hmm. it is part of the government, like, but owning a military force of some sort. How, uh, how long do you think it is until uh, Bezos gets his own private Amazon army to protect their assets? Cause it's like, look, we're, Oh, that can't be far. We now or have that, the economy of, of larger than some nations. You know, our, our company it manages more funds than many nations in the world. So we need our own militarized force to defend our assets. I mean, no, he'll not. fucking open a portal like Dr. Strange and Ted Turner will step through with, uh, I don't know, the Braves or who the fuck ever will be his army. Yeah. <laughs> He's not like, I mean, he could hire like Blackwater or somebody like that right now, couldn't he? Yeah. I don't see like yeah. if there's legally anything from stopping him. Right. But I mean, what I'm talking about is how long until there's like an Amazon branded military. Like oh, the, they have like the little, the little smiley face logo on their armbands or whatever. You I know? really wonder, though, what assets outside of warehouses does Amazon really have, though? Uh, I mean, with that much with as much money, I mean, like wouldn't be surprised if they owned farmland. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they owned like all kinds of shit, like probably whole factories in some places yeah. like. They do have those Amazon basics, the Amazon basics brand of shit. That's just like the value brand. Oh yeah. They got to produce those somewhere. Yeah. I guess. 
Or maybe they're they might be produced elsewhere and they just stamp it. Yeah, they. Buy that's it. totally what it is. That happens. Like, I mean, yeah. that's that's how three D printers work. When you buy a three D printer, you're you're like, I'm buying this brand three D printer, but it's actually like made in China under a different brand, and then they sell it to different co- countries, and those countries put you know whatever yeah. company mm-hmm. buys it will put their own shit on I guess it. Even like car companies do that, like more I think in Europe and Japan, but yeah. Yeah, there's a truck that's a Nissan Frontier, but it's a a Suzuki something but it's just a nissan frontier mm. but it's weird mm. it's like i don't know it's just super strange yeah they do that a lot let me get one of those uh cbd things there oh sure yeah yeah and these are this is the pineapple pineapple um yeah i don't know i mean I guess the last capitalism horror thing that I had was really uh, when the ocean caught on fire, <laughs> which is weird yeah. that I phrased the other one as the big one, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> um, but I mean, I think like the thing with this is we all know why the ocean caught on fire. It's because we as individuals didn't recycle enough. It's because we didn't switch to those like, you know, reusable straws and things like that. It's honestly this is our fault. Um, We just didn't really do enough. You remember the commercial with the crying native american oh yeah yeah yeah. because individual people had put some trash into a river yeah and that's really what's killing like the whole planet like causing like you know global warming or climate change or whatever we got to call it now it's just us as individuals we need to be better so that the ocean doesn't Mm -hmm. catch on fire and i can't believe that we we really dropped the ball on this one what happened though what what, it was like an oil thing uh, it was a, a leaked pipeline. It was the same thing that it usually, yeah. it was a leaked pipeline that hadn't been, you know, maintained in so long because there's zero incentive for corporations to do such maintenance. Like, honestly, like they, like we've talked about it on here before is they get off a lot cheaper just paying a fine for lighting the literal fucking ocean on fire than it actually costs them to do the maintenance on all these things. Now, obviously they're hedging their bets a little and hoping that it doesn't happen because now they do have to do some mm. maintenance and pay those fines, but it's still... Did it, it catch on fire rarely. or did they light it on fire? Uh, that I don't know. Because, I mean, I could see where, like, know. if there's a spill, uh, fucking light that shit. Burn it before it can spread into the ocean. Uh, yeah, it may have been I one of those control that. type yeah. things. Um, which, yeah, like you said, is probably the better option other than just having it leaking everywhere. Like, we, like they've yeah. tried in the past. Like, the same companies have tried in the past. Um, but it's just, like, it's just, I mean, I was obviously kidding, like, introducing this it's obviously it's been sold to us for so long as being an individual problem like a like society's or it is society's problem but in a way that it's like well if we all just recycle if we all use these new like paper straws if we do this that and the other like it's on all of us whereas like most of the corporate polluting and most of the you know adverse like events and things like this that happen are all it's like corporate like just fucking around cutting corners shit like that and they gladly get out of it like um i looked it up but like exxon mobile so like they love a good carbon tax right they actually invented the term carbon footprint which i did not know until this week they invented that term and the signified what it means um to basically be like okay so this is how much we're responsible for so we will pay our way out of this we're not going to be more responsible as a company we're not going to stop cutting corners or like just do better maintenance or anything like that. But this is how much carbon we're responsible for. We will pay that off so that we become carbon neutral or we offset our carbon footprint, which is a term that 
uh, yeah, I think it's been around for a while, guys. Like, we didn't just make it up. And it distracts them, or it distracts, I guess, the public from the fact that they actively lobby against them having to do, like, stricter regulations on what they do. Um, it, they basically lobby against infrastructure bills because a lot of these infrastructure bills would force them, I mean, depending on, you know, who's in charge and things, but, like, in most cases would still force them to have to take some kind of actions, like corrective or maintenance actions, things like that. So they lobby hard against those things, but they still like to be able to claim that like, uh, we offset our carbon footprint by paying this amount of money again, way less than they would have to pay if they didn't do all that. It's literally yeah. passing the buck. It's, it's literally saying like, no, we're just going to pay these other people to do, make better choices. That'll fix the environment in other areas where we're fucking it up. But there's no guarantee those people are even going to do that once they get the money. Like that's that's the flaw in that. <sighs> I don't know. Right. I, they they actually caught a couple Exxon uh, executives uh, like on a, I guess you call it a hot mic. Like they kind of like tricked them. It was like Greenpeace mm. or somebody that kind of tricked them and was just like asking about like they posed as like job interviewers. So they were like, uh, so what are your qualifications? You know, what have you done in the past? And and these guys, I think there was two of them that got recorded, but one of them is on record saying. Yeah, Joe Manchin, I talk to his office every week. Uh, McCoy bragged to the interviewer. Um, so he called Manchin a kingmaker and discussed how on the Democratic side, we look for the moderates on these issues and their efforts to stop policies that could hurt the company's business. So again, I don't think anybody still listening doesn't think that our politicians are bought and sold, but it's just like, we have it on we've had it on tape for years. This is just another example, but it's a, it's a fucking good one. Um, if we get a chance, I should have brought it up for you to kind of play the clip of, but, um, folks can look it up. Just, just look up, um, Exxon lobbyists, uh, recording, I think is what it was. Or do you want to look it up? It's not too long. And it does talk about, uh, basically just their lobbying, uh, like from an inside standpoint, their lobbying efforts. I think it's probably that top one. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a little long. Yeah, it's eight minutes. I'll just post it in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, unless what's the, how long is that third one there? Okay. Yeah. yeah, just post it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, like go look that up in the show notes, and uh, you know, that's that tells the yeah. full story. It's they're 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 on tape admitting everything that they do, everything like they they list. It was basically you know that list that I said of uh, senators that got the bipartisanship award. It's mostly those exact names that yeah, are on the yeah. Exxon Mobil's guys list. I think there's one or two differences, but it's cinema. It's mansion. It's Rob Porter from Ohio on the, on the Republican side. It's Cory Gardner, uh, or Rob Portman. Sorry. I think we need a national election and this is not for anything other than just, we determine every, every year we do a lottery where one Senator, one member of the house, gets fucking their head chopped off in public <laughs> and the people vote on who that is. And I think that's, what's going to clean these people up and straighten them out and realize like, Oh shit, if I don't do right, I could be that person. Like, and there'll be like a year long, like ranking system. People there will be YouTube channels devoted totally to this thing. <laughs> but I think this would change the world. We said like, look, we're going to, you can run for public office. You can make millions doing it if you do it right, but you also might get murdered. Yeah, or like term limits yeah. or something too. Yeah, I'm like I'm, better, I'm with you on your idea. I've got a years. I've got a grand half commie idea. 
I had concocted that goes along with yours, I think, because I'm in with your idea. And then uh, also, so we were talking, I think it was the episode you were out the other week and you weren't feeling too hot. Right. But we were talking about how like, we kind of brought it up on the show. Like it kind of just kind of came up. Uh, do we even need standard beat cops anymore? We're not talking defund the police stuff anymore. It's just, we may live in a society now uh, where we just don't need the normal, like uniformed beat cop. Yeah. We need law enforcement and we need like detectives, but as far as somebody ranking out speeding tickets, like if we could figure out a way for them to make money without speeding tickets, it kind of rules out. Like they're obsolete. Like they don't really, yeah, you've got units that can handle like, you know, if somebody's getting robbed or there's like a house arrest situation, you've got units that can handle that. But I, largely between cameras and traffic cameras and stuff, I think we can do without the beat cop. Right. When was the last time you saw like a cop just walking around down the street yeah. making sure everybody's okay? Preventing crime, you know? So throw that in this idea as well. But I had the idea of like, I don't know what necessarily like I was thinking somewhere of like 15 hours a week. You know, you you've got a really good public education system and this system would this is me sculpting my utopia, I think, is uh, is a work in progress. So you've got your standard like K through 12, possibly four years of like specialized school like college. And that pretty much stays the same except you just pump way more money into it and the college four years of like college or special school after uh post secondary education or whatever that's free as well people are down to do whatever they want to do like if you want to major in fashion design do that if you want to be a doctor do that whatever and uh and then also in this hospitals and stuff are all you know medical is taken care of in this so yeah you go to college do whatever major and whatnot you want to do. So you get out of college and you're free to take whatever job you want, but every citizen has a mandatory 15 hours of like quote unquote government work they have to do. And that could be like, uh, you get paid for it though. So this is where you get a universal basic income, but you get paid for it. So you get paid a livable wage by the government where it's like, you're not going to be rich, but you can take care of like, you know, a normal two bedroom apartment or whatever, along with food and utilities and stuff. No problem. Based off this 15 hours a week of, and you get to somewhat choose what job you do and you can change those jobs if you want. And they're, and they're somewhat applied to what your education was. So they apply to your skill set. So say, I don't know, uh, there's government vehicles that have to be worked on. So you do 15 hours a week. If you're a mechanic, you work in a government garage for 15 hours a week. And that gets you your, your room and board and, and not in like government housing, but it pays you a stipend that should cover a normal. It may not, you can live where you want, but it pays you, I don't know, 2,500 bucks a month or whatever. So does that mean you'd only be working 25 hours a week at what your main job is? Uh, Yeah. If you want to work, I, in my, I, so it's optional. It's, you don't in have my to. ideal is you don't have to work a second job. You can just work this government job. But if you're like wanting to be a hustler and like do other shit, yeah, you've got 25 other hours in the work week to do whatever, but you work this 15 hours in whatever government paid job 
And it's always a paid job by the government, but it's, it's just various random shit that has to get done. Like maybe you mow yards for the parks and rec department, maybe, you know, whatever, like, honestly, I, I think it should include room and board. I think that's like, um, well, I don't like calling it room and board cause it's not government housing. Well, I, yeah. government housing has a connotation Yeah, that this, yeah, there's not a great, I guess like American English is kind of fucked like that. Maybe but, they have that, but, but it's it like, it just plays you a stipend for living. But I was going to say that would be, that would be cool also in a way, because like you would, if you're living with other, you know, of these, these same type folks that are doing this, like kind of civil service for lack of a better term, and maybe they're working in a different department and like maybe you know, you, you're all, it's not like, I'm not advocating for like communist, like, you know, apartment housing where it's like, you have to stay there. You just only communicate with these people. No, you can go outside and do whatever you want to. But by yeah. virtue of living with all these folks, like, like, Hey, so, uh, I'm, you know, doing my civil service at the ag like department or whatever, or the, the housing like HUD, uh, what are you doing yours in? Oh, I'm doing mine in this. Oh, cool. Like, what's that like? And then, yeah, that could foster some kind of yeah. like, Oh yeah. Like even if it's like, Oh, well I don't really like mine that much, but yours sounds interesting type mm -hmm. thing or something like that. Yeah. Something that drives up kind of people actually wanting to do that and, and getting fairly compensated. And, and like yeah, you get paid a it. stipend of like, I don't know, 3000 a month or whatever to cover like some food, uh, bills and rent. And then beyond that, you can do whatever you want. And it's just 15 hours a week, whether you're, I don't know, doing computer analysis shit you're doing it stuff you're mowing yards for parks and rec you're mm -hmm. fucking working at the dmv you're fixing the parks and rec vehicle like there's jobs like but are you that just need done period of all sorts of degrees and so a i think it would help with the infrastructure because you're going to have more people that are qualified working on that shit b i think it would help the education system because if you're relying on more people to put work in to America, essentially, you're going to want those people to be more qualified. So I think by nature of that, it's going to make the education system better. But then also because people are working that 15 hours a week, like doing whatever they're doing, they're going to have some stake in the game. So they're going to care a little more that like, you know, you're driving on interstate and it's like, Oh yeah. You know, like, you know, in my 15 hours a week, we got this repaved. Like mm -hmm. and they take pride in that shit. Mm -hmm. I, uh, so, so I work construction for a little bit and it's, it's, I, it's just, I help build a house off of MLK. So I drive by that yeah. street all the time. And I'm, I'm always thinking like, that's where I built that house. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and there's all sorts of jobs. It doesn't have to be like filling potholes. It can be, uh, like you could do something like, say you're a psychologist all of a sudden, if psychologists are having to do this, you've got mental health work that's available under the government for free. So are you advocating for like, a, or, or is this like a, like a mandatory kind of civil service or is this like something that, yeah, this is, something? this is something that would just be like how uh, everybody in Israel has to do two years of military yeah, service. I was say Switzerland this would be too. like this is up until a certain age, everybody would have 15 hours a week that they have to work whatever job. But it covers your rent. I like that. Mandated civil service. And then 25 other work hours of the week, you're free to do whatever you want. You cannot work. You can work. But you've got 15 hours a week that you got to work and you get paid to do it. And mm -hmm. I don't like calling it civil service because that seems like it's free. But you get paid like it's a job. It's a job for the government. 
where you get a universal basic income. Well, this sounds similar to a lot of like the New Deal stuff. Like obviously that stuff wasn't mandatory, but offered jobs to people that mm -hmm. didn't have them. And you had like uh, Civilian Conservation Corps and things like that. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you could you could. You're the one that, you know, you it's a wild it. idea. You can it. That's kind of, but, so yeah. there, there's been a lot of That's contention because, uh, I think Bernie proposed a government works program. And then, uh, you know, obviously Andrew Yang was the UBI guy. And so what I saw was a lot of fighting between those two camps, like no government works is better. It's like, no, no one wants to be a ditch digger UBI. And so it's like, what you're proposing is combining them. Essentially. And it just 15 hours a week. Right. Like it's That's like nothing you're getting paid really good money for, yeah. for like, yeah, it's, yeah, you're digging ditches, but 15 hours yeah. a week. So it's when not, I'm not even, I mean, if you're like by it, trade, you're a landscaper or something and they put you digging. Dit That's my idea is that right. the job they put you doing is applicable to your skill set you already have. Well, so you're not doing something that's totally out of the realm of possibility. You don't really have a trade by 18 though. And there's, or when would you start? Um, well, you would sign, I, the way I envisioned it is say you decide not to go to college, then you would fill out the same survey you would after college, but you'd fill out and be like, I wouldn't mind doing this, this, and this, and, uh, maybe like five things and they'll put you in one of those. But if you go to college that elevates you, like it does in the job market to be able to do more things at higher levels. Anyway, yeah. So you may not necessarily get more pay for those things. Cause that's too, is there's no scaled pay. Like everybody gets the same amount across the board for their 15 hours. Right. Well, so, so the, the one, the one hang up and, and I know this from the, the, you know, government works versus uh, UBI debate is that what's going to happen is you're going to have some jobs that are just naturally more desirable than others. Mm -hmm. so, so people who can sit in an office are going to want to sit in an office rather than go dig a ditch. So, while you've got all these people who are maybe qualified and applying for this, there may not be jobs for, for them for that. So it's like, Hey, you can still participate, <coughs> grab a shovel, you know? And mm -hmm. so like people with coding degrees are going to be ditch diggers because you know, everyone with a coding degree is going to absolutely be like, yeah, I want my 15 hour, $3,000 a week plus my coding side gig. Yes, absolutely. So those are going to get snatched up real fast. And then the shitty jobs that people <coughs> don't want to do out in the heat, you know, uh, and, the, and, and the elements, those, those are going to be the ones that like, well, we still got to get them done. So, you know, whoever's available left, Hey, you didn't get a coding job. Sorry. you got a coding degree. You can still do that in the rest of the time. So it's not, it's not a terrible idea, but that will be a, a product. Well, I'm hope like, well, and this is just a pipe dream of something. This would never happen, but it's something I also think the 15 hours would help with is because it's not something somebody's doing all week, but it's a full-time job that needs done. So like, I don't know, say you need 10 coders for something. Well, they're only there half the week or not even. So you're going to need, uh, several shifts worth. Yeah. Several shifts worth of coders. So that's several positions you can put people in, but, and then maybe even with that cut back on the hours, maybe just one day a week. You do the government work one day a week. Maybe that would be a better way to balance it out. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think like uh, th there's definitely people who, um, you know, do this kind of thinking for a living, <laughs> you know, like, you know, people that, that put together social programs. I wish I knew some so we could like interview them and, and, and pitch it. I think it's interesting for sure. 
Um, I, I'm still more in favor of just UBI no matter what. I think that you shouldn't have to do work to get, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, when you think about like how much money the government is taking in and how much money is being made off of the freedoms that this land mm-hmm. uh, allows and how little of that money is trickling down into the lives of basic people. I kind of think most people are owed it at this point. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, they've already done the work, like give, give them a check. Um, and, and maybe even maybe there's even like a, you know, a step ladder where it's like, OK, this is the basic UBI you get, which is the thousand a month. You know, you don't have to do it. You have to go work a day. But if you want to volunteer time and go work a day, we can. Well, it's not volunteering because you're getting paid for it. But if you want to go work for the government, then that'll also give you it'll make your UBI payouts higher. So that that might be a way to think of it, too. Well, and I also imagine there would be a point where some people would want to opt out like they're making more money on the other days of the week and they're like, I don't need, so they could opt out and then that frees up positions for other people. So wait, is this mandatory or not? Uh, yeah, as I was talking, I decided it's not mandatory. Okay. I like this as a developing There's a, there's a certain point where I imagine, you know, somebody like Elon Musk, uh, well, that's a bad example, but let's say (laughs) like, uh, I don't know, like a up and coming musician, is so they're going to really enjoy that of being able to work 10 to 15 hours a week. They've got a roof over their head. And then the other hours of the week, they can play gigs and get their musical career off the ground. Once the musical career is going, it would be kind of weird for the Foo Fighters to still be out there like mowing lawns or whatever. So it's like you opt out and it's like that frees up those jobs for other people. If you're making like $3,000, like 3,000, I mean, I don't want to like, put myself in any corners i I don't make three thousand dollars a month right now (laughs) so uh if i was working 15 hours or or a day or whatever Mm -hmm. and getting three thousand dollars what i would be doing especially if i was like an aspiring artist or something hey i wouldn't have a second job i would quit my job and just do the 15 hours Mm -hmm. because like i said it's more than i'm making my job right now um and then i would probably save like a hoard Mm -hmm. money so that way i can eventually afford to quit because you know if you're a musician you got to go on tour so like what hap- how does time off work? Do you just mm-hmm. not get paid for that time? So you what you do is you'd bank money so that way during that time you're not getting those checks, you're still good. And then when you're done with the tour, you can come back and start, you know, answering phone calls or doing whatever it is you're doing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know, it's just an idea I had the other day that was like, hmm, that'd be interesting. But and especially of- like infrastructure stuff is the kind of thing that like pays for itself. So it's like mm-hmm. you are investing in your actual land at that point. So it's, 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 it's okay to overspend on infrastructure development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, did we, uh, I, I probably, I wanted to be wrapping this up here soon, but not immediately if we still got stuff to talk about. I was going to ask if we had time for the badass of the week. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. We got about 10 minutes. Yeah. All right. So this week's Badass of the Week, half of y'all can probably guess this, but it's Zyla Avant-Garde. She is the 14-year-old girl that won the National or the Scripps Howard Spelling Bee this year, which I didn't know was actually, I don't know if they call it national or not, but there's like member or like kids from like five different countries that compete in it, including like Canada and uh, a couple places in the Caribbean. Anyway, she is 14 years old. She is the first black American to win it. Second black person. I think somebody from Jamaica had won it in the 90s. Um, She's impressive as fuck. If you saw any of the words she spelled, like I used to always think that I was really good at spelling when I was a kid. Best I ever did was I got second in our school, uh, elementary school when I was in third grade, which I thought, you know, fifth grader got first. So I thought that was pretty good. But 
I, she puts everyone to shame. <laughs> yeah, I've got some spelling bee bragging rights, but nothing like that. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I I won my school spelling bee one year, and then went on to the uh, the the regional, and then lost there. Um, another time, I probably would have won. Uh, I I gave up out of stage fright, of all things, for me to give up <laughs> spelling bee on out of stage fright, and then the guy who uh, took my place lost on the word goat. This was in fourth grade. It was he spelled it G O T E. And I was cringing the entire time because I knew that was right. And I would have crushed that, that spelling bee. Ooh, yeah, that's, yeah, that was my motivation. It was the next year I came back and won it and then went to the regional and then and then didn't win it there. But this this girl um, seems to be fucking way better. Probably she's probably a way better speller than I am now. Is real. She. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I lost a lot of mine after elementary school, too, because that's the only time when spelling is an actual class. And then I, th- I think I kept it up through middle and high school. But then I just like stopped having to lean on actually knowing how to spell shit. Um, I, I still struggle hmm. sometimes with restaurant. I don't know which where the AU goes in restaurant. So I've, I've messed that up sometimes. Yeah, um, I learned I know how to spell definitely because I had a girlfriend who shamed me over it. And I was like, oh, that's that's how you get me to learn stuff is you get the person who's seen me naked telling me that this is embarrassing. And so I like go and <laughs> go and learn it. Yeah. But now I can spell definitely, definitely right. Definitely a hundred percent of the time. Instead of definitely. Yeah. Right. That was what I was I doing. That's what it was. That's what I was doing. That's the one I see. But um, yeah, no, anyway, so Zayla, she, first off, her last name is avant-garde, which is fucking incredible. Yeah. Is that I like- had to, and it's not like her dad's name was avant and her mom's last name was guard. It's, it's one thing like, you know, the guard part isn't capitalized. Yeah, somebody place. somebody had their name legally changed somewhere in that in that. <sighs> and then maybe I don't think that's a family name. But in any case, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, So, like I said, she's badass of the week, not just because she can spell great like that. You know, that does have a special spot in my heart. But she also has three Guinness World Records. Again, she is 14 years old. She has three separate Guinness World Records for dribbling multiple basketballs. Uh, she's like a basketball prodigy, basically. She has 20,000 Instagram followers. She had this really cool quote that. Uh, oh, man, if I can't find it, ah, it's too bad. But basically, she says that, uh, you know, basketball is like her main squeeze and doing spelling is kind of like what she call it. She calls it an hors d'oeuvre, which it's I'm her, sure she knows how to spell it's her correctly side every time. Yeah, she she said. Yeah, spelling is like an hors d'oeuvre. Uh, basketball is the main meal is, I think, basically what the quote was. But she's just so cool. She seems like very like I'm really proud of this like younger generation, too, because she's she. I mean, one, she's the best at this. And it's she they asked her about like, um, you know, kind of what she hopes will come of this, the publicity from this and things. And it said she hopes to inspire other black kids who can't afford to pursue spelling or might not understand the appeal. Um, so she. This is her quote. She said, maybe they don't have the money to pay $600 for a spelling program. They don't have access to that. Uh, With tutors and stuff, they charge like murder rates. So she's also very aware of the, you know, relatively privileged upright, like the background that her parents were able to provide her with to kind of make it this far. Right. And I love people that can see the people that aren't like nobody ever gave me nothing type people like I I hate that because like inevitably somebody gave you something or you were born into something. She seems super humble. She seems super awesome. Y'all go make her have like 21 K Instagram follows. Um, But yeah, that's uh, I think a hands down badass of the week. How old would you say she is? Like maybe like 12, 13. She's 14, 14, 14. Um, 
I mean, like she can definitely spell better than me. I could probably play basketball better than her. I'm just kidding. If you've seen me in real life, you know that there's there's if there's anything that I'm good at, it's not basketball. <laughs> I'm pretty good at spelling. I'm I, you know, there's a couple words I struggle with. Mostly I'm pretty good with it. Uh but uh she, she's probably better and then she's definitely <laughs> it would crush me at basketball. Yeah, she'd crush any of us at, at most things. It I seems would like I would that would be awesome though, like just to just to get to experience it's like, hey, I'm gonna play I'm out here playing basketball with this uh national spelling bee award winner. Let's I'm a I'm a grown man, she's a little girl, let's see who wins. And then she just wipes the floor with me. <laughs> what generation is this? Because like the 19 year olds right She'd now be Gen Z if she's are like right? Zoomers. Uh, I don't think there's I think she's under Zoomers, but I don't yeah. I don't know for sure. But I know that like whatever that age is, if that if that's gonna be different, they haven't named it yet. Yeah. Usually doesn't get a name until they're out and voting and drinking. And uh, stuff. Okay. Cause like I've got high hopes for this generation. The kids that are like 11, 12, 13, 14 right now. Just, so she was born in like 07 then, I guess, right? Yeah, I, I've got high hopes for him just because, I don't know, any fucking 19-year-old I talk to right now is dumb as a fucking rock. And uh, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's like they got the first dose of that internet-only world. None of them listen to this. I think there's all, alienating. Oh anymore. no, you're. I think not there's. Wrong. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good though um, in that generation that I've seen. I, I do. Mm. I do. See, I mean, like, you know, like not to be super judgy or anything, but the whole like. Remember how like it, it's kind of passed now, but a couple of years ago there was the big trend of like, oh, I'm I'm so alternative. I'm gonna get like a bunch of weird face tattoos mm-hmm. and stuff. You saw it with like rappers. A lot of white rappers were doing this getting a lot of face tattoos and just you'd see kids who are like, I identify with them. So I'm going to get face tattoos now. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're fucking your whole life up for a fucking trend. And you don't even know it. Like in my generation saw that with the people who stretched out their ears. Like yeah. one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite things now is getting on Instagram and looking at all the, the surgeries of people who were sewing their ears back up. It's like, turns out <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, I mean, like, look, if you live a lifestyle where that you can keep that going for, for the rest of your life, good for you you know do do, live your live your dream i'm not telling people not to do with their bodies what they want to do with so i'm not shaming that but the real world sets in where you actually like people have expectations of you that you don't have necessarily control over like i you know i used to be in a band and it's what it's really popular in bands especially rock and roll and heavy metal to get covered in tattoos and yet i have no tattoos and you know I wish I I did get them, but I wouldn't be work, <laughs> I wouldn't be working at the job I'm at now um, if I had them, and I, I I do wish I'd gotten them if that tells you anything about how I'm feeling about life right now. <laughs> but I you know my but my point is is though that like there's a point where like what other people think of you does matter. Like it sucks. It shouldn't. It. Sh- I mean, we should work on moving to where that matters less and less. But unfortunately, we we talk about power structures on this show a lot. And power structures are very real. And if you want to survive, sometimes you kind of got to submit to those, even if only temporarily. I mean, I love the fact that we can speak out against power structures, but you still kind of like I'm I work in a capitalist environment. I work for a corporation and do, you know, data entry, not data entry, I do, uh, tech support stuff. Uh, but I'm typing on a computer all day. I am entering data, but it's about the call I took. Uh, but but my point is, is that that's me submitting to the will of a power structure and it sucks. I wish I didn't have to do that. I wish I was independently wealthy, but I'm not. Most people listening to this are never going to be independently wealthy. You're going to have to submit to some kind of power structure. So like, 
I'm sorry about this rant that I just ended up going on, but like, it just, it just seems to me like, I'm not, I'm not saying don't get face tattoos. If you really want face tattoos, I don't judge people negatively because they have face tattoos, unless I'm hiring them to be like a customer service rep in a store or something. And then I probably don't want that person with the six, six, six on their cheek, selling cell phones to grandma is all I'm saying. But yeah. Yeah. On that note, shit's still fucked. We'll see you guys next week and uh, get on down to Riverside Wine and Spirits. Merch is on Main and uh, brewchat.com slash store. Mm-hmm.